Growing up, I was often euphemistically called flamboyant. That was one of the nicer terms used, actually. It was certainly better than the other word that also started with an F. I'd had that one yelled at me in the street at a shockingly young age. Not that there's a right age for that to be yelled at you, but I was the kind of kid that even at a very young age, you could just look at and tell. I was gay, like super gay. If the word gaylord had been invented to describe one person, it was young me. I wore and still wear bold colors and flashy patterns. Classic attention-seeking behavior, or as my mom called it, self-expression. Around first grade, one of my favorite pastimes was clothes shopping. I loved going to the mall with my mom and looking for clothes. For her. Sure, I'd like to get stuff for me too, but I was a budding stylist. My mom would try on clothes in the fitting room as I waited right outside the door. She had to come out in each thing she tried on, even if it didn't fit her or she didn't want it. I would make her do a spin and then I would give her my assessment. It was either, yes, you look fabulous, darling, or, oh, no, 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 it just doesn't do you justice at all. The sight of a sassy six-year-old boy providing this type of feedback was odd. That was always pretty clear from the gaggle of store employees that would often gather around. They'd laugh and applaud while my mom fashion montaged through the most amazing clothes. Did I say amazing? I meant to say 80s. Same difference. I mean, this is how it seemed in my mind at least. But I was certainly no stranger to delusion. I was stereotypically gay in other ways too. Like dressing up in my mom's clothes sometimes. And I was certainly no stranger to trying on her makeup. I even walked with a little swing in my step. I'm not saying anyone would have been right to yell a homophobic slur at me in the street. I was a child, for heaven's sake. But it definitely wasn't an inaccurate observation. It was plain as day. By high school, I'd evolved into a different type of gay stereotype. A theater nerd. I loved musicals, dreamed of being on Broadway. I loved performing for an audience. I had a real flair for the dramatic. I usually didn't care for the nerdier fare, but I realized that Model United Nations was basically geek improv. I was great at it, not due to knowledge or preparation. I was just bombastic and quick on my feet. It was at a Model UN, facing off in a fake security council meeting, arguing opposite sides, that I met him. We'll call him UN. 
Yuan was so dreamy and smart and even funny. That last one was rare for Model UN, so it really stood out. We got to talking afterwards, praising each other's performances. No talk of the important issues we'd been debating, God forbid. I think this was the first time I'd ever tried to flirt with a guy. What seemed most important in this situation, where you didn't know if the other guy was gay, was just to act as gay as possible. As I've established, I was already pretty flamboyant, but I really gayed it up further. Wrists limp and flailing around as I spoke, coyly twirling my barely long enough hair around my fingers. I kept using the word girlfriend, like, hey girlfriend! Well, I'm not sure if the flirting had worked, but the gayness had come across loud and clear. He started to tell me about a program he was part of. I was mostly just looking him up and down, thinking really naughty thoughts about him. From what I picked up about it though, he and other young gays would travel around to local schools and share their coming out stories. He touched my arm as he said this seemed right up my alley and that I should come. I nearly did just from that arm touch, I accidentally blurted out, followed by an, oh god, sorry, I don't know why I said that. He said it was fine and I agreed to come to the next meeting. There was just one little problem. I hadn't come out yet, not even a little bit. Was I really going to go to this meeting? and potentially out to schools in the community and tell a fake coming out story just to spend more time with UN? Well, yes. Yes, I sure was. The next week, I found myself at a meeting of let's call it gay talk. Everyone there was so heartfelt, so lovely and empathetic, just so totally themselves. Meanwhile, I was there peddling some fake story. One about how my parents had been so supportive, but that my grandmother had gone ballistic, had told my parents she no longer wanted me in the house. This story I'd made up was what I worried would happen when I came out for real. By getting to tell the story and feel it over and over, it was like I was preparing myself for the worst-case scenario. Anything short of that in real life was going to feel like a win now. One day, the community TV station in our area reached out. They wanted to cover gay talk. They asked to interview two of us and, as soon as I saw UN had volunteered, I did as well. What had I done? I couldn't just go on TV and tell some fake story. What if my family saw it? I decided that this was it. I was going to have to come out. So I go to my parents' room to talk to my dad. I tell him about gay talk. I tell him about the TV interview. He seems a bit confused, unsure how it all fits together. I tell him, before it's on TV, I should tell Grandma, right? 
I don't want her to find out on TV. There was a long pause. Find out what? My dad finally asked. Wow, I'd been so caught up in telling Grandma that I'd actually forgotten to come out to my dad. I had really buried the lead, hadn't even said I'm gay. I started hooming and hawing. Finally, my dad cut me off, putting me out of my misery and said, why don't you just go over there, pointing at the closet, get in the closet and just jump on out. I wasn't sure how the talk with my grandma would go, but I was sure that if it was as anticlimactic as this one, I'd stick to the dramatic yet fictional tale I was already using. Welcome to From Grandma with Shade, a podcast where I pay tribute to my outrageous and often problematic grandmother by sharing first and secondhand stories about her life. Although she would have loved the idea of a podcast about her, once I explained to her what a podcast was, she probably would not have really appreciated the stories that I've chosen to share with you. The stories are real, though they have been embellished over time in the way that happens when a story is told many times over many, many years. Though I had certainly been nervous about coming out, I had no reason to be concerned about my parents' reaction. My mom had a gay positive space sticker on her office door before I even knew what that was. I was probably right to be worried about my grandmother's reaction, though. For a couple of days after I told my dad, I tried to figure out exactly what I would say to grandma. I knew I had to tell her. Finally, I mustered up all of my courage, psyched myself up, and went up to her place to talk to her. She was sitting at the dining table, drinking tea and playing solitaire. I sat down with her and made some awkward small talk. Maybe I should just do this later, I wasn't ready. It must have been so obvious that I was gay, right? All the signs were there. I mean, my grandma wasn't so obtuse that she didn't know, right? After about 10 minutes of talking about all of the drama at her senior citizens cribbage group, I did it. I said, Grandma, I need to tell you something and I don't think you're going to like it. You flunked out of school, I knew it. You're smart, but you're just so lazy. Why can't you be more like your cousins? They know how to apply themselves. And they're children. No, it's not that, I cut in. Oh no, you got someone pregnant. I knew it. Your life is ruined. That's definitely not it, and before you make another rude guess, I'll just tell you. I'm gay, I finally said. She was silent. She just kept playing solitaire, eventually winning the game. As she collected the cards and shuffled them for her next game, she finally looked at me and said, I'm fine with it. But don't tell any of my friends because they're not as progressive as me. 
another anticlimactic response, and after all of the buildup, this secret I'd been holding on to, scared to share with anyone, was once again received so nonchalantly. Before the other shoe could drop and she said something terrible, I excused myself and went back downstairs to my room. I was so relieved. My whole family knew now, and everyone had been pretty cool about it. Even my grandma. Of course, my grandmother was not nearly as progressive as she said, and perhaps there'd be some rudeness to come once she'd had time to think further about my disclosure. But at least for now, she hadn't been as awful as I thought she'd be. And I was just gonna call that a win. A couple of months later, we were getting ready to leave once again for Christmas Eve at my aunt and uncle's house. My parents' car was quite full with rather large gifts. As such, there was no room for me and I'd have to travel out to the celebration with my grandmother and her boyfriend. The trip out there was typical of being in the car with them when he was behind the wheel. My grandmother just endlessly yelling at him to drive faster and him blissfully unaware of her yelling as he'd turned his hearing aids off, or at least way down. I put on my headphones and sprawled out across the back seat of her boyfriend's car listening to Destiny's Child say my name when I heard my grandma say mine. Well, screech mine. Aaron! I took off my headphones and tried to shift focus to what she was saying. I'd missed it the first time, so I'd asked her to repeat it. Now, in a very slow voice, as if I were stupid, she said, Now that you're gay, stay away from your cousins. I don't want you to give them AIDS. I froze. I could hear my heart beating. I couldn't form words to respond. How could my grandma think I had AIDS? How did my grandma think HIV worked? Did she think it was just gonna jump from me to others? If so, shouldn't she have been more worried to be in the car with me? After what seemed like an hour, with my grandmother still staring at me, I think expecting confirmation from me that I'd be keeping a wide berth from my cousins, I responded. My reaction was strong, to say the least. The rest of the car ride was a real shouting match. I told my grandmother she was a C-word and that she would die alone. I told her that I was the only one in the family who actually loved her and that that was no longer the case. She took a minute or so of this abuse and then loudly told me how ashamed she was to have a gay person in the family. The first gay person in the family. I let fly a string of profanity that seemed to go on forever. I think this still might be, to this day, the maddest I have ever been. 
Clearly, I haven't really had much hardship in my life. Even though his hearing aids were either off or just on very low, I think one of the screams of the C word broke through and my grandmother's boyfriend looked around, noticed some commotion and turned his volume back up to hear the profanity that was still going. He tried to intervene, telling me not to use that kind of language with my grandmother. I explained to him what she had just said to me. Now he had a look of shock on his face, similar to my initial look following her comment. <sighs> he let out a deep sigh and said, All right, as you were then, and turned his hearing aids back off. When we at last got to my aunt's, I got out of the car and ran inside, just holding back tears. I found my aunt in the kitchen working on the many elements of her famous Christmas dinner. As she mashed the potatoes, I told her what my grandmother had said to me. My aunt gave me a big hug and told me to forget about what my grandmother had said. As she hugged me, I told her that my grandmother had also said how ashamed she was that I was the first gay person in the family. Well, that's just not true. Before I dated your uncle, I dated a woman, she said. She gave me a piece of her famous pumpkin pie, even though it was still before dinner. She knew it was my favorite. She told me to go eat the pie and collect myself in their TV room. I did as instructed reminding her to leave the thing with my grandma alone. We really didn't need to make a scene. I'd already done that in the car, she agreed. So why within minutes did I hear my aunt repeatedly scream, I used to be a lesbian from the other room. I'm not sure she'd meant to shout that in front of so many people. Just as I was going to run into the other room and break things up, my parents arrived. I met them at the door and explained everything, including why my aunt was still screaming the word lesbian. My parents attempted to defuse the situation. My mom took me for a walk around their backyard, trying to help me move past my grandmother's crazy comment. I came inside and went back to the TV room where I sat in my feelings and ate almost half a pie before my aunt called everyone to the table for dinner. I headed to the dining room and picked a seat as far away from my grandmother as possible. She was uncharacteristically silent. During the dinner, I took every opportunity I could find to insult my grandmother. They were clever jabs. I wasn't just screaming obscenities at her now. I was taking digs. I was taking digs at the things she was the most sensitive about. You know, the kind of things she usually reserved for greeting cards. Under other circumstances, someone may have at least half-jokingly defended her with a, that's enough. Not only did they not stop me, my dad actually joined in a bit. But hurling this cascade of insults at my grandmother was starting to make me feel a bit better. I was starting to get back into the Christmas spirit. A bit more like the Grinch spirit, actually, but close enough. After the meal, I opened my gifts and returned to my pie room, where I spent the rest of the night until it was time to leave. 
On the way home in the car with my parents, my dad kept me laughing, as he always does. And by the time we got home, I was already feeling a bit better. The next morning, Christmas morning, I awoke. For the first time in my life, I was dreading going upstairs to see my family and was nearly willing to sacrifice gift opening altogether to avoid my grandmother. But who was I kidding? I wanted those gifts! On my way upstairs, I flashed back to the previous night, reliving what my grandmother had said to me and the ways that my family had had my back. From my grandma's boyfriend turning his hearing aids back down, to my mom's comforting words, to the pie from my aunt, to my dad's teamwork and in insulting my grandma. It was my aunt's repeated yelling of the word lesbian that had meant the most to me, though. She is a very open and honest person, and in that moment, her honesty, though at an unfortunate volume, made me feel so much less alone, and like all eyes were no longer on me. While my parents were putting the food on the table, my grandmother and I sat in silence. It was a standoff. After a couple of minutes of awkwardness, my grandma apologized. WTF? Was this really happening? Was I hallucinating? But it was one of those, sorry for the way I said that apologies. You know, the kind that aren't really real, but I'd take it. I even mustered a sorry I called you the C word. I'm not sure I was actually sorry, or that I accepted her non-apology apology, but what was the point in staying mad? After a delicious and far less frosty breakfast, my grandmother remarked that, With all the dramatics last night, I didn't even have a chance to give you your gift. As she handed me a card, I braced myself for impact. As you know, my grandma had a real knack for gift giving. I opened the card. She had hand painted it in watercolors. How thoughtful and sweet. As I admired the card, a folded piece of paper fell from it. I picked it up and opened it. It was a membership to a local gym. Oh, come on, really? I looked at the cards and it had the words, hopefully this will help you more than the treadmill. Except the words more than the treadmill had been crossed out, replaced with the words, Toughen up a bit. The card now said, Hopefully this will help you toughen up a bit. That's it, I thought. She had crossed the line. First last night, and now this? Why was my grandmother committing these repeated hate crimes against me? Join me next week for a new tall tale of the old short woman I called Grandma. Next week on From Grandma with Shade, 
buckle up because grandma's getting behind the wheel again when grandma drives. <laughs>